Frankenstein said he sewed and stitched Deep into the night without a hitch Until he heard me scream as he threw the switch I went from the castle to the discotheque I lit up the floor with the bolts in my neck uh, okay, so with that, hi and welcome to the Hype with me, it's always Brian and John. Howdy, 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 howdy. As always, caffeinated, yeah, yeah. Brian and yeah. John. We're yeah. 20 I, cups in. Yeah, I like it when we do two episodes in a day, because my second intro is a lot Shh, more don't like... Don't give it away. We're definitely like six cups in, right? <laughs> oh, way more than six. Oh, like yeah. seven or I eight. I might have spoiled we were recording this one a little bit early, but oh well. Uh, so this week we are joined again by always, 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 almost always... There's a lot of A's in there. We are our winners. Hi. Almost always Ryan. Hello. And first time ever, I'll introduce yourself. Hello. My name is uh, Christopher. Go by Chris. I don't even know why I could just call myself Christopher at all. Well, now all the podcast listeners are like, oh, Christopher. And one very interesting fact about Christopher that I just learned, he does not have a smartphone. No, I do not. In fact, uh, I think my roommates are going to try to have an intervention with me in a couple of weeks (laughs) to try to get me an iPhone. What are you talking about? We had so many interventions for you. Android is so much better. (laughs) Android is so much better. As much as I would love to keep talking about this, because I do want to mention that I love being able to hang up on somebody, which you can't really do on a smartphone. Click. I love that. Yeah. Click. I can do the flip with my case, but the no one's going to hear it. Well, that sound doesn't Now you got to do the good day funny. to you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Exactly. Good which day. they have in the movie we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah, uh, they, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, so today's movie is the first of our Halloween month, which we did not vote on this episode because it's just a little bit easier just to start out. We did. We just didn't do it on the podcast. Exactly. So we are doing today for our Universal Month of Horror. Uh, Universal Monster, I should be specific about, Month of Horror, which was really made because of the Universal movies made all these monster things. Now, granted, if we do later vote on a film that's not necessarily made by Universal, that's not the end of the world. It's the monsters that matter more than the company that makes the film. Right. I feel like I should just get that out there. Uh, but today, we're going to start with the original Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, which I'm really excited to talk about today, because it is... Or should I say... It's <laughs> like we know what everybody's favorite line is. <laughs> exactly. We're there all different iterations. <laughs> Uh, we all have the same one, by the way. All. We did, yeah. Um, so the problem with doing a movie from the 30s is that finding a review for it that's under uh, a paragraph or two is damn near impossible. So I'm not going to do the review system today. And trying to find numbers of the money this thing made is also damn near impossible. So yeah. I'm not going to do the numbers today. And today is just going to be a mo- an episode about the movie itself, which I think is totally fine. Let's jump right into it, yeah. shall so we? So translation, people have a lot to say and... It probably made a lot of money. Um, it had, well, the thing you got, um, the thing about this, is it did make a lot of money. Um, quick thing about it for everyone who's listening to this and stuff. Um, I'm Ryan's roommate. And the reason why he bought me in here is specifically because he knows I'm a universal horror like freakazoid. Oh, absolutely. Perfect. So yeah, so he knows that like I know a lot about these films and stuff. And yeah, it did make um, a lot of money specifically because this and Dracula kind of bought horror into the mainstream during the 30s and 40s. It could be argued that uh, without this film, Dracula. And um, if you guys talk about it later on, The Wolfman or The Mummy or one of those stuff that you actually wouldn't have a real serious horror genre nowadays. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And just we'll get into this as we start talking about the episode. But you watch this movie and it's like, wow, almost all modern horror borrows from. Yes. Yeah. From either like Dracula, as you said before, or this one. And it's just like, holy shit. And just watching it, it's just like, wow, I can just see bits of movies that I've seen my entire life all in this one hour and 11 minute movie. <laughs> Yes, so one thing that I love about it is also how like utterly short it is. Yeah, it is, yeah just just a real quick little like it's like watching a long episode of a TV show. It's like okay, absolutely. Great. There was I had never seen this before yesterday. Yeah, like that was the first time I've ever seen because I've just never seen all the old mm-hmm. originals and there was a lot of room to add things. 
There's a lot of I points where I'm like, I wish there was more because this is kind of meh. Well, let's get this out of the way for anybody who's a fan of the book. Um, this, is the book. The book. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the book. This is so different from the book, oh which I'm sure we're going to get into. It's not even funny. Oh, yeah. Like, I, my favorite Frankenstein movie is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein by Kenneth Branagh. Oh, I think you're the only fan. I might be. I might be. But I think that that movie captures the book the best. This one is such a, so different from the book. Oh, am I going to give you something you need to check out? Um, It should be playing actually through the Fathom events this month if you haven't seen it. Um, And this is also for anybody who hasn't seen it that's listening to this. Um, Frankenstein, they did a play version of it a couple of years ago directed by Danny Boyle. Hmm. Oh, I've and heard of this. Ooh. It oh, stars yeah. Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch. Holy shit. Are you talking about the movie yeah, now with uh, Harry Potter and... No, 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 no. This is so They did it completely on stage and they filmed it. And now, like, I think once a year they play it on Fathom. Because I saw it last year and then I saw it two years okay. before that. Very cool. And what they do with it that's kind of interesting. Because you notice I didn't talk about the parts that they play. Because they switch roles depending on which performance you see. Ooh. So Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller switch the roles of Dr. Frankenstein and the monster. Huh. So they'll cool. play one role one night and then the next night they'll switch the roles. That's fucking That's yeah. pretty That's intriguing because then you're actually. seeing two different plays if you yeah. go both. Yeah. Yeah, and you're seeing two completely different performances. And it's very true to the book. They added a couple of um, interesting little tidbits that I like <laughs> in there. But it's if anybody is a fan of the book and you could find it near your theater, I cannot recommend it enough. Check it out. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought you were talking with about that. That's kind of a good little segue into doing. I want to do really quick a uh, nice little short where have you been doing? And then we're going to break into the actual breakdown of this thing and then we'll, we'll get started on this. Uh, so for where have you been doing? Uh, I'm going to let you go first. Well, uh, being as I were talking about Frankenstein, I guess it's appropriate for me to say this. Um, I went to Halloween Horror Nights last week. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so it's appropriate for that. So I highly recommend it to whoever wants to check it out. Um, you it's know, uh, Universal Studios Yeah, uni- uneducated. Universal Studios, um, Hollywood in the on the West Coast and uh, Orlando, Florida on the East Coast. So sorry for the people that are in Maine that are listening to this. Um, or just, you know, the flyover states. Yeah, but in, your, <laughs> but in argument against you, you do have Stephen King living there, so you should be fine in terms of scares. Yep. But um, yeah, it was a really good time, really fun time. Um, I think they did a really good job with the mazes this year, especially the uh, Crimson Peak one, which is designed, I found out, by Guillermo del Toro. Does it ruin anything in the movie or no? No, it was funny because, like, it's kind of a... The one drawback of it is is that because they know people have not seen the movie yet, is yeah. it's also a little bit very abstract. So there are rooms that you walk into where you have no idea. Sorry, I'm like the biscuits and everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and everything. But there are a lot of uh, rooms in there where you walk in there and it's like, wow, this is really designed, really cool, and everything. Like I have no idea what this has to do with the film or anything like that. Like <laughs> That's you can tell there, there was a thing and stuff. Uh, the one I suggest you don't go into because it was very bland was that this is the end in 3D one. I don't know why they decided to take a comedy and make a horror maze out of it. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, that's a very strange choice. At some point, does uh, what's his face sit on my chest and scream, "I'm gonna titty fuck you"? No, unfortunately, that <laughs> doesn't. I would definitely go that in there. If you that do, was you do run into yeah. spoiler warning, so it's, not, it's not, don't listen for the next ten seconds if you don't want to hear this. You do run into a possessed Jonah Hill, but I was very upset that they didn't go all out yeah. and you didn't see a dick swinging devil at one point. Oh. Yeah. And then point. holding his dick, going, no. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought when I first saw the maze, I was like, if they do this, this maze will automatically jump to number one in my book. But you know, they didn't have the guts to do it. That sucks. Yeah. I just want Jonah Hill screaming at me. I'm, I'm gonna titty fuck you. I'm sure if you meet him, big that bees could be are little cities. Jonah Hill is in the maze, and I mean, he does tell you, I'm not that compelled. I'm not compelled, but. That's fine. <laughs> um, all right, I'll go next. Uh, I. 
I mentioned two episodes ago that I recently got back into Destiny. Okay. So I'll mention this time that mm-hmm. I, I signed up with, not signed up, but I, I got five of my friends together and we decided to take on the Vault of Glass, which none of us had done before. One of us had uh, watched a lot of playthroughs, so they kind of knew like what the mechanics were going to be. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's a motherfucker, to say the least. We did not finish it. That yeah. last guy mm. is a son of a bitch, and it was getting close to my bedtime, and I was like, all right, guys, I'm sorry. You really need to devote most of your day for that encounter, well, because there's there's all this long gameplay, and then you get to the boss. Yeah, and then the you boss. get to that boss, and it, it takes a long fucking time. To like, a credit, long time. The whole time you were playing and I was in the other room, you never sounded angry. It was a blast. I had a yeah. ton of fun with my friends. Like, yeah. and, and Most of the time, I can tell when you're starting to get really frustrated because I'm going to put more pillows in the room so you throw your controller in the right yeah. spot. <laughs> well, but you never got to that point. No, I, I never got mad. It was a lot of... Because Destiny is such a fun game to play with friends that like the whole time, it's like I'm having a blast just playing this with my friends because I never really got into online gaming that much so that when I still do it every now and then, it's like, I fucking love doing this. See, I don't, I like, I don't like multiplayer in general just because mm-hmm. there's so many factors and a lot of times the people you play with are annoying. This was like the first time, the Vault of Glass was like the first time you get together with some friends and you understand the whole point of year one of Destiny. Yeah. Like, you're like, when everyone everyone can say like, oh, it's all the end game stuff. Uh, like, all MMO people will say yeah. that. But until you actually do that, you're like, oh, this game clicks for me. I yeah. see. You suddenly understand why everyone didn't stop playing for that whole year. Because it was yeah. so much fun. It was great. I wish we could have, you know, stayed up later and finished it. But, you know, say la vie. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I was... Feeling a little bummed out the other day, so I decided to watch a movie that is kind of my comfort movie, and that is Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's Edgar Wright. Oh, amazing. And, and it hits all my nerd buttons in all the right ways. <laughs> it does. It really does. It's very sexual. Yeah. Mm, I mean, it could be. My nerd buttons. <laughs> but also, Edgar Wright. I have two of them. Yeah. <laughs> I have three. Um, what? I have several Wait, what? thousand. Wait, what? <laughs> moving but, on. No. <laughs> moving on. Go on. <laughs> Just... Watching it again is just like the editing. Edgar Wright has a, an amazing way to edit comedy yeah. that no other person in filmmaking does. And it's like there's a lot of scenes where it just jumps right to the next one. And quick editing, smart editing. I was really drawn into that. And it was interesting to see how cartoony it was just coming off of watching um, Kung Fu Hustle, where they yeah. had some very interesting similar moments that I found fun kind of comparing. Like, yeah. Like, um, Chris Evans throwing Scott Pilgrim into the building. Like, that elasticity of the human figure, I guess, was very neat to see and kind mm-hmm. of compare the two. Right. Edgar Wright once described that um, Scott Pilgrim as a musical, only instead of people singing, they start fighting in it. Uh, which yes, I actually perfect. think is a very such appropriate a, yeah, like, description of that picture. That's yeah. perfect. Although I would have totally watched a Scott Pilgrim musical. Well, you know, you did have that musical. Like, there was that one scene yeah, that's that's character did well, break and, out in song. Well, it's funny this time is I didn't recall leading up to the musical moment in the beginning, that for at least a few lines before it, they were rhyming the whole time. Oh, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. as they start rhyming, I'm like, this sounds so kind of rhymy. Oh, wow. Like, I, I didn't catch that first time. That's right from the comic book. Like, that yeah. whole, like, the whole rhyming interchange stuff. By the way, if you haven't read the comic book, I cannot recommend that enough. Yeah, oh. But, yeah, uh, that's, that's all I got. I'll go next. Um, last uh, a week, we talked about uh, Doctor Who at length, and I was actually going to uh, take that... Uh, mentioned that in mine last week, but I'll uh, say what I was going to say this week, which is just kind of a general overview of my fall TV programming so far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Three I've been later. trying to catch up on um, whatever has been premiering. So uh, Doctor Who has been terrible, <laughs> and you can listen to that episode. <laughs> but uh, uh, I watched The Muppets, which was weird. 
Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to keep watching. I don't know if I can recommend that yet. That Tom Bergeron joke at the end sold me on the entire <laughs> show. <laughs> well, it, it's, if you're used to kind of everything that's come before, the Muppets have gone in a different direction stylistically. Stylistically, And kind of yeah. character-wise. There's a lot of, like... The relationship stuff, like people sleeping with puppets, like there's this weird element that if you've kind of not made that jump, yeah, to like what they're going for, you have to be on board. It's weird. You have to yeah. kind of jump on board really quick. But as a pilot, it didn't do a whole lot, right? So I'm, I'm curious Maybe to see what up. they do now in episode two, three, four. Yeah, Oops. yeah. Which, uh, episode two and three on our DVRs we haven't watched yet at home. I yeah. think the best way to describe it is that with the Muppets, at least in my perspective, is that it was funny. Like, I was laughing at yeah. it, but it was not the funny that I was expecting, and I can't decide yet if it's the funny that I want from the show. Right. Fair That's enough. a great way to put it. And, and, and we got to give it, you know, the time to find its voice, because it yeah. definitely yeah, is a absolutely. voiceless yeah. show right now. Like, there's, it's just, we put Muppets in a show. Yeah. And then... Uh, That's th- all I really need. Well, I they, love the Muppets so much. They can really pop up in anything. Well, they need the it. insanity because, I mean, that was the other thing I felt was lacking in this was that, like, you know, the Muppets are usually just absolutely in batshit bonkers with right. some of the stuff that they do. Yeah. And they didn't have that. So they had a bunch of jokes that were likened to the Big Bang Theory in the office. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of downtrodden jokes a little bit. Like yeah. Kermit, lose me a Big Kermit's Bang a little uh, Michael Scott in this. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. And um, they'll win me over when they get when they feature the the Swedish chef a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. once he's more of a part of the show, I'll be on board. The eagle, though, he is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sam, Sam eagle, eagle has not lost his you, voice. You can't in this. say that. You can't say that. <laughs> My life is a bacon wrap hell. <laughs> can't say hell. <laughs> I'll go next. Yeah, if that's all right. Were you done? Yeah, you're the okay. only one left. Did, oh yeah, you already did yours. Yes, yes. you went first. Yeah. I forgot. Um, Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> she it's coffee listening. and no real sustenance. It's been coffee and some pastries. So I got sugar and caffeine in me. Don't we all? And we're also in a metal sauna right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, where have I been doing? I will talk a little bit about my TV-ness, I suppose, uh, on two different two new things this year. Um, Heroes is back. I have not watched the new episode yet. I haven't gotten a chance. I really hope to do that today, maybe. If I, I heard get, good I don't things. Know. Uh, I rewatched a good eight episodes of the re- first season, and it's still great. Still yep. love it. First season was so fun. Absolutely, good. Lo- so good. And it's just like I really. It's hope- the only season for me. Like that. No other. It's the Matrix. Exists. Yeah. yeah. Please. Yeah. The last <laughs> five episodes of season three, guys, are. There, I'm not there's, <laughs> there's still good things in the other seasons, but not not as a whole as good as the first. They lost um, me when they introduced that one guy who has the black hole in his stomach or whatever. Oh, the hell I don't he remember is. that one. <laughs> but uh. So yeah, I'm really excited to watch that mini. I think it's more like a mini series. Yeah. I'm really excited to watch that. We'll, we'll see if Tim Kring knows what a mini series is. <laughs> the one new we thing that know. I watched that I was really surprised at how much I liked it because I really just watched it out of like I have nothing else to watch and I didn't know anything about it, didn't have much interest. Scream Queens. Yeah. I really Ooh. enjoyed Scream Queens. I've heard good. I've that, heard good about it. Was, it two of you. It's that not is... scary. It's not scary. No, it's not at all. I, like, confession, yeah, I saw Scream Queens this week, and it was awesome. It was just so funny. Like, honestly, it's just, just the part when she goes to get a pumpkin spice latte, <laughs> and she just screams at the barista. Just, like, her character, the main girl, this? the girl from Emma Scream Roberts. 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is the role that she was born to play. Like, honestly, like, I swear, she's not that great in pretty much anything else, but she's great as this character. You just hate her, but then you also love her because she's, she's honest just, about her. She's, she's honest so honest. Herself. Like, she knows she's a terrible person and she's given options to do the better things, and she's like, no, 
No, I'm gonna <laughs> do this. Well, and it sounds like it sounds like it's a great marriage of material from material to creator. Because it's um, the guy who did Glee and uh, American Horror Story, yeah. right? Yeah, this is like, a new outing. Uh, and this sounds like it's the better fit than American Horror Story was. Because a lot of well, American Horror Story was over the top, and you need something that's very cheeky yeah. to be... Well, this oh, is, American this Horror Story is, so is actually scary. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. uh, there's moments in American Horror, American Horror Story that I'm like uncomfortable and don't really want to watch it anymore, but have to because I need to know if they're going to die a terrible way. It's very creepy. This one's just funny. It's cool. just like the... It's almost like... What torture porn should be. <laughs> well, no, well, you're just enjoying watching them die. Wait, there's just a sense of fun in this. I mean, one of the things, because I talked about it with a couple of other people, and a couple of them have said, well, it's not scary. And I'm like, I don't think it's, I don't think their intention is to be scary it's at all. It's not supposed to be scary at show. all. Oh my and God. It, when Deaf Taylor Swift, Deaf Taylor Swift. Yeah. Which... <laughs> all right, moving into today's episode, we have to start with a breakdown, uh, which Chris will be bringing to us. Cool. Uh, you're going to have 30 seconds to do it. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, granted, for an hour and 11 minute movie, should be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. If you can't do it, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> and just remember that. You'll insult him very Yeah, and I, there is always, if you did not know this, if you don't do it, I will insult you. Um, I thought that was just going to happen in general. Yeah, well, it will. Happens, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, There's still a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of time for insults to come later. So, all, right, all right, so we're doing ready? this? Yep. Go. Okay, so Frankenstein, directed by James Wales, is starring Boris Karloff and Colin Clive, is an adaption of Mary, Shelley, Mary Shelley's um, illustrious novel. It begins with uh, Frankenstein creating the monster. Monster runs amok, tries to attack Frankenstein's wife, also drowns a little girl. All of a sudden, they decide, the villagers try to decide to try to get him. Of course, the climax happens in the windmill, and the Frankenstein monster dies, or so we think. That Impressive. Took, that took 12 seconds. So, nice. he, he, I mean, technically, you failed at doing it in 30 seconds. That's true. <laughs> you, you, you did fail at the goal. Of, I smelled that there were insults ready to go. <laughs> but I don't really have any insults prepared for somebody who did it that fast. Granted, it only was an hour and 11 minutes. So, I mean, or, yeah, one hour and 11 minutes. It's, so, you're a little short for real a movie. Well, also, 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 the honey, story is very basic. It's yeah, not, yeah. Within doing it so fast, there's plenty of sex jokes. I'm not gonna no no, no, no I'm not gonna right, I'm not gonna knock down a peg for somebody who did it correctly. All right. Okay. So moving first, on. I like yeah. the three-hour version of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, but you could say that you weren't terribly satisfied, and he said, "Could say, well, I got you there, didn't I?" <laughs> <laughs> but you know, James Will said the same thing when uh, the executives asked him about the running time. <laughs> I got you there, didn't I? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, humor. I'm trying to figure out the best place to start with this thing. I, I honestly think it's just going to be where did we honestly start with it? Because a lot of people have never seen this thing before, and a yeah. lot of us have and had seen it before. And I, I think that's kind of the best place to even talk about. I think a lot of us started with an expectation going in. Because a lot of this movie has been uh, kind of absorbed into other pop culture that we've experienced. So we have right. this idea about yeah. Frankenstein going in. So then when you actually see it, it is really not what you expect. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it's so ingrained in our culture where like as soon as you see it, like most people still even call the monster Frankenstein because <laughs> right. it's that sorry it's that ingrained where it's just like whenever you see it, it's like oh I know what Frankenstein is it's that monster thing it's like no, that's not even Frankenstein this is the monster yeah um, but was- I'll, I'll start first I, I when I saw this movie I was four or five years old Same I was age. very very young um, my uncle was supposed <laughs> to be babysitting me and <laughs> he didn't want to. So he left me in a room with a very old, like, taped off a TV VHS of just this movie. So it even had commercials and everything in there. He's like, here, Brian, just sit down and watch this. You'll love it. Awesome. And uh, I sat there thinking this is the most boring movie I'd ever seen for a long time. And then he killed a little girl. And I was like, well, that's kind of creepy. I don't really like that. And then my mom got home, for, or not home, but wherever I was, uh, 
while I was at the part where Frankenstein is in, basically the end of the film, where yeah. Frankenstein's in the windmill and everything's on fire. I keep calling him Frankenstein now, but the monster's in the, uh, <laughs> after I just lambasted people for doing it. Um, but he's in the windmill, windmill and everything's on fire and he's walking around going, and I, apparently I just was white as a sheet and just looked horrified at watching this thing die. And my mom's like, what are you watching? And picks me up and takes me out of the room. It's she like, bangs the microphone yeah. on the way out. <laughs> But yeah, it was. Uh, she still brings it up as like that one time Gary just really let her down. <laughs> Fucking so Gary, like, uh, just left him with a horror movie on. He's so young. Apparently, had nightmares for like months. It was just a big deal. But yeah. I always remembered it because it was just such like an iconic moment for me of just going like, ah, oh, horror films. Yeah. So you had the exact cool. opposite reaction that I did to Gremlins in the way that it affected you because I watched Gremlins about the same time yeah. when I was four and five and. It terrified me. Didn't know it was supposed to be comedy. I was just scared. And I still can't watch it to this day. Oh, no. I love Frankenstein. I, like, I, it scared the shit out of me, but I loved it. See, I actually had that, I had that um, reaction to Gremlins. However, my parents showed me Frankenstein when I was about five. And let me preface this. They didn't give up. <laughs> uh, which is it's weird because they, wouldn't let, they wouldn't let me see PG-13 or R-rated films but like my dad was like we're gonna watch Frankenstein <laughs> and I kind of had the same reaction you did where I was entertained with it yeah. and I was like I don't really see oh my god what did he do to that poor girl <laughs> um, and I mean it's really interesting because you know I'm surprised that they got away with that in the 30s how yeah. like how like just very nonchalant just tosses her in a leg tosses this kid like <laughs> By the way, we're going into spoiler so territory. Oh, yeah. Like, we spoil everything in this podcast. Well, Don't just, worry about it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just want to make sure we're saying <laughs> that. Listen, if you haven't seen it in 70 years, it's been out. <laughs> but it's I mean, your like, own fault at this yeah. point. literally takes this little girl and just like, it's almost kind of black comedy kind it, of. It really right? is. Yeah. Yeah. He very nonchalantly, and what's kind of interesting in it is also the way that the monster does it, because he's not doing it in a necessarily evil way. No, he's I having fun the, throwing things the, in the water. The setup he's to, stuff it to throw. is the most important part, because for one second, you're like, ah, all the monster wanted was to be loved. And when the little girl's like, here, you have some of my flowers. Let's throw them in the water. Look how they float. And then you're like, oh, wait, he's going to pick her up and throw her in the water. <laughs> Only because he loves her and he wants her to float. Yeah. And Can we also talk about how irresponsible it was that uh, apparently that dad let her his kid play right next to the water when apparently she can't swim in a two-foot puddle? Yeah, that's that, was, that, was the that was the other thing I loved. I was just <laughs> like, you know, maybe she's if she just... stood up, she would have been well, fine. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the study of water has come a long way since the 30s. <laughs> yeah. I feel like now we have maybe a better really understanding it. of drowning. Like, you don't maybe even hear her splash. You don't even hear her splash. She's no, just don't. automatically dead. Right. Like, this girl was going to die no matter what. She yeah. was a ticking time bomb of, I'm going to die because I'm stupid. Like, yeah. I've totally thrown... I agree thrown, 100% with that. <laughs> I've thrown my friends into swimming pools at about the same hardness and depth that he did to her, and we're all fine. <laughs> Although, here's a theory. Maybe Frankenstein's monster didn't kill him. Maybe it was the dad who came home and was right? just like, That's now's, a my, dark now's twist. my opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I hate this fucking I'm kid. I'm going to blame it on someone else. <laughs> um, all right, so first but, time we saw it? Uh... I mean, this is one of those movies I can't tell you the first time I saw it. It's probably in the same vein as like Star Wars, where it's like it was on as a kid. I've seen yeah. bits and pieces of it. I put it together. I remember like just watching it, kind of in the same way I did uh, yesterday, again in high school. So I knew the story again, and then I watched it again yesterday, and it's like just a refresher of all the beats. But it's so ingrained in our memories, and yeah. then the parodies, Young Frankenstein, you know, everything else. <laughs> Yesterday was your first time seeing yeah, it, Yeah, right? well, I said that already, so yeah. I don't know if I need to rehash it again. Because, yeah, I'd never seen it, and there were so many things that 
like what you said, we had these pre-concepts of it because there's been so many other versions. Like I th- was waiting for him to play a violin at some point. Because <laughs> I just remember seeing a scene with the Frankenstein playing the violin that was supposed to calm down the monster. And right. I was like, that's, which movie is that in? That's in the sequel. That's, that's in the sequel? That's in Bride of Frankenstein. Like, that oh, okay, that yeah. motif, if my memory serves me correct, is in Bride of Frankenstein, which, by the way, to our viewers... Watch that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, haven't, oh yeah. I haven't even seen that movie all the way through. So I've just seen so many clips in my life that I literally actually had no idea what was actually in this movie. Yeah, that's where I was kind of at until I watched it again. And I always kind of forget. Like, it's, it's like then, with anything you've seen that many times. I always kind of forget what's actually in this one and exactly. not like the other Yeah, ones. like how I, Igor's not Igor. Igor's right. Fritz. I was yep. just like, what? I got into line for the. I was one of the first people. I was able to get jump everybody in line on Halloween Hard Nights because I was the only person out of everybody in this hundred and twenty minute long line for this maze that knew who Fritz was because everybody That's was amazing. screaming Igor and I was the only wow. one. I was screaming. I'm like, I know the answer. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't scream back because I didn't yeah. want anybody to get it. But I'm like, I know what it is. Awesome. And I'm like, Fritz was my ferret. <laughs> And she liked to get into things that she shouldn't get into either. So maybe it runs with the name. Oh, yeah. Fritz was the worst. Uh, <laughs> I really hated Fritz yeah. because Fritz is the reason that everything went to shit. Absolutely. Fritz yeah. was a dick. Yep. Well, fr- Fritz, like, I mean, like, he's the only person in the movie that dies that I'm kind of like, yeah, you had that fucking Absolutely. coming, Absolutely, he did. Yeah, you totally deserved <laughs> it. You shove a, fl- you shove a fucking a, torch in my face He was a mild-mannered, like, zombie man, and then you had to go muck it all up. It's like, yeah. did, listen, Fritz, did you not know what you signed up for? This doctor is like, oh, uh, Craigslist ad, I need a lab assistant for completely sane and logical experiments. Well, there's even, there's even moments where Frankenstein's like, get away from him with that fire, and Fritz actually goes towards him with I know, the fire. yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, Fritz is just like, a don't do what? Was he I'm a free fucking intern or something? Yeah. Like, I should have fired his ass at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's a terror. I mean, first off, did he hire him to carry heavy shit? Because I hate to break nope, it to him. Can't, like, can't do that shit with his hunchback. Yeah, yeah. and he's supposed, he does a lot of climbing. And I'm, while I'm watching the movie with Brian, I'm like, I don't think a, a, a hunchback is good at climbing up and down ropes. <laughs> nope. Yeah, but clearly he was. He did a great job. Oh, man. He, he did was, an amazing job. Yeah. He, was, he like, was all over the place. He was like Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the original parkour. Fritz was the original parkour. Oh, and that's why he died, because he annoyed everybody. Yeah. Stop parkour, it. parkour. Just, oh, sit just still. kill him. <laughs> just kill the guy. But yeah, no, I, I uh, also, like, I, I kind of had that same thing. I had a lot of expectations and pop culture references going into it. And I watched it around college because I was catching up on things that like I'd only seen clips of right. or, and all that. And I remember being struck first by you know the time. It's a short movie. Yeah. I had put aside my whole evening for it, and I still had an evening after that. <laughs> um, but then there was also all this stuff in the beginning, the kind of wrestling of, that Frankenstein does between him being God yeah. and the playing with like just the ethics and the morals of it. That stuff doesn't didn't kind of doesn't make its way through the pop culture that cleanly. Right. And so that was interesting, and how like there was also this this subplot with the father and like the the fiance wife, the, dad. the, the bumbling dad. father, and like there was all this extra stuff that I hadn't expected. Yeah, but it kind of enriched the world a little bit. Like, oh, he's just some crazy scientist who's actually succeeded at playing God. Right. And then like the they focus on the creation getting out of his control, which again did not expect, and like he was actually part of the mad the maddening crowd until. You know, Frankenstein threw him off. Yeah, it was like ingrained. It's more ingrained in our pop culture than we even realize. The yeah. whole, oh, yeah. it, oh, so sci-fi heavy, playing God. Do you have the right? Well, and I also like. The, there's this really kind of 
fun subplot in it that I heard when I was in college in psychology of this is like the the epitome of nature versus nurture. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you have like the <clears throat> evil dude's brain in Frankenstein's body and he just wants to play with flowers and be loved and then he accidentally kills a girl and then he just goes on a killing rampage and what? things get so much worse. Yeah, and, the emphasis can't be put enough that he accidentally kills this yeah, girl. It, right? it's, like, a it's a horrifying mistake. act, but he, it's not something of pure evil. It's just that because Frankenstein didn't teach him kind of for lack of a better term, the laws of the land, right. laws of yeah. nature, and everything. The creature didn't know he what he was doing and everything. I think, yeah. like, it's a perfect example of uh, a child in an adult's body. Well, yeah. this is the whole reason. Like, I even read the book, like Frankenstein, in high school was when we were studying philosophy and we were doing romantics versus enlightenment because mm-hmm. that was happening uh-huh. in the 1800s. That was the period that Shelley wrote this book. Is mm-hmm. when those were the big mindsets of the age and I've discussed with this before you know I think even on the podcast of how the monster is the romantic and Frankenstein's supposed to be the enlightened and how the two clash and need to be together in like a one little harmony otherwise they're going to destroy each other yeah that's very cool yeah I know you were talking about uh Shelley and the, the times I just wanted to bring up something I noticed watching this movie at the very beginning in the credits they don't credit Mary Shelley they credit Mrs. Percy Shelley as the author of the book. Let Dick me solve move, that problem. Let me solve that problem. That is completely of the time. I know, right? <laughs> Dick well, there was another interesting thing with some of the, um, what is it? Oh, God, I'm looking for the best way to describe it. I love some of the ways they try to play up how scary this film is. Like, like yeah. I imagine you guys saw the introduction where the guy's like, don't watch this film. The it's introduction to this is my favorite intro to almost oh, any movie pretty much. ever. Yeah. It Especially is so right out of my this was marathon. terrifying at the time. And it's the type of intro that, like, uh, William Castle was so into when he did his movies. Yeah, he based yeah. it off of that. Based it off of that. And th- that there's such a charm to it that you're instantly, like, no matter how goofy some of the things can be in this movie, I'm in i'm on it like but it's, it's goofy you're to, gonna be scared and it's like and it's goofy <laughs> to us now in the 30s i mean it still was i'm sure goofy to a certain degree but it wasn't goofy in the way that it is now no i mean they still kill a child in this yeah. movie like that's fucking dark but they're yeah. like yeah and, and but there's something that's so immersive in that you know having the guy come out and watch out you know for those with weak constitutions get out of here yeah you were warned it brings you in to like a the horror, the, yeah. and the that, atmosphere of it, it really jazzes you into the movie. That like well, evolved into Tales from the Crypt and every other <clears throat> version or of hell, that we have. Even, it's even like on our Wes Craven episode. Yeah. It's very similar to the, just keep telling yourself, it's just a movie. It's yep. just a movie. It's just like, that's that all. little fourth wall so breaking already, tagline. Yeah. So you could yeah. already see how this movie um, kind of influenced a bunch of other things in a very, like, in a very subtle, well, I wouldn't say subtle way, but in a very interesting way in the fact that without this film, it could be argued you wouldn't have, like, shit, you could even argue that maybe even the Blair Witch, um, project would not have happened the way it did without this movie kind of having that introduction oh, because yeah. they wouldn't yeah, have absolutely. been inspired to do the marketing the way yeah. that they did by making it try to seem like it was the real thing yeah the other thing that i also noticed did you guys notice in the credits that um boris karloff is not credited as the monster at the beginning i think yeah, he's he is at the end yeah, yeah, yeah. He, is he is the at the end but at the beginning of it's it when they have the monster mark. it's just a big question mark that's yeah. cool yeah and I love because it gives this. I mean, I mean, I know this movie was never meant to be the most horrifying thing ever, but it it always it was definitely a horror film from the very beginning. Yeah. And I also like that it it has that level of fun that like a lot of people don't really 
pull off very well. And like this was something that's pulled off fantastically. And I also because it's something like Sam Raimi always has. Like it's a yeah. it's a horror movie, but it's still fun. And just by having that like, who's the monster sort of thing, yeah. it's like it's it nails like this is gonna be oh, you can, a fun thing. You can credit James Wales for that one. Um yeah. James Wales, um for those for anybody who doesn't know, is the director of not just this, but also Bride of Frankenstein, which I actually think is a better film than Frankenstein. If you guys haven't seen it, I can't recommend it enough. But also The Invisible Man. Um, he's kind of like the godfather of the um, horror films and everything. And he is the guy who's responsible for, like, he pretty much designed the mad scientist room in this picture. Oh, and man, most of the cool. sets and everything. Because he came from a uh, theater background, if my memory serves me correct. Which is very obvious. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, one of the other, I mean... I guess we should, if you guys want to talk about this and stuff, some of the other, th- yeah. some of the things that are really good in this movie that still hold up. Because I mean, I would argue that a lot of the sets, even though they're Hollywood sets, really and the production design in this is amazing. Oh yeah, like, while we were watching it, <clears throat> specifically when we get into the scene when he goes in the jail cell and we see the window with the shadows coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm watching that with Brian, I'm going, oh, this is like German expressionism, Dr. Caligari-ish, like it yeah, was beautiful. Yeah. Like you could just see that. Like, I don't know if they were recycling those sets or not. Oh, I'm but, sure they were. I'm sure they took yeah, inspiration yeah. It from just, that. There were so many moments, and also when we first get out of the ladies' bedroom or whatever it was when we first meet her, and then we go into the hallway and how big and grand it is, and there's these giant pillars above them. I'm like, this house is gigantic. It's gigantic, like, and it's it so, feels gigantic. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, like yeah. the sets were amazing, and like you, like, and they look expensive back then. <laughs> like to make, redo that today would still be super expensive. Yeah. Well, and anytime, <clears throat> excuse me, anytime there's been like pop culture reference to the mad scientist's lab in you know in pre- you know present day and modern times, it always seems like oh that's a goofy scientist's lab. It's not real, but here it actually feels kind of real. Yeah. Like you actually yeah. buy it from the first frame of seeing. It. It's like wow, this is a science lab. You have no idea what well, any of those things do, but they look cool. Well, I think one of the key things and stuff is that a it's very cluttered, like yeah. it's a very crowded thing. But also, if you notice in it, um, and this is just great stage direction and direct and direction in general. Um, is that everything's moving in it. It feels mm-hmm. like everything has a purpose in yeah. this lab. Yes. So it doesn't feel very goofy. So all the machines are turned on instead of just being in the background because they look cool yeah. and stuff. Like, and you see um, asshole Fritz, um, <laughs> like, you know, adjusting the things and everything like that. Like, and I mean, like, the atmosphere in this picture is bar none, I feel like, especially in the mad scientist scene, especially during the sequence when they're trying to bring the creature to life. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing about the, especially the lab itself, is that with the exception of Fritz, it feels like the only person who understands that lab at all is Frankenstein. And I think that really, it adds another level to how great these sets actually are, because it, the whole time you're looking at it, it's like, really the only person who understands how to make this entire room work is this one guy, and that makes it feel more personalized. It makes it feel more like a real space, and not just a room with these random cool-looking machines in the background. It is a very productive oh, space, yeah. and that makes it that much more... And for me, all the more frustrating that people don't listen to him. Because the, yeah, re- right. <laughs> the whole reason shit goes wrong is because, A, Fritz doesn't listen to him when he tells him to get out of here with the torch. Yeah. And then his mentor science guy doesn't listen to him when he says, destroy the monster, like when he leaves. Instead of destroying the monster, he's like, oh what yeah, I totally destroyed it. But <laughs> before I do it, I'm totally going to like do an autopsy without restraining him, because what could go wrong? That scene was awesome. Well, it's like the scene in Austin. Like, anytime I look at that scene, I always think of Austin Powers, where like oh, Seth yeah. Green is like, Dad, I'll go, we'll get a pistol. <laughs> Every time I see it. that scene, I'm just like, I'm like, well, geez, motherfucker, you've already studied the brain because it was stolen from your lab, right? So what do you need? What do you need the brain for? Just 
like put a bullet in him he or something like that. He was going to dissect his yeah. chest or something. While he was alive. Man. Oh, and I also love the way that he dies is basically the monster just grabs his back and holds him up. Yeah. Stop it. it. Yeah. That's such the precursor yeah. to all those moments we have where we the characters have a chance to end the fucking movie. And yeah. kill the monster yeah. and they don't because they're greedy or they're curious. Or they're yeah. stupid. And, and this is something you mentioned before we started recording. It's very, like, you can see where they pulled, like, Michael Myers. Yeah. Like, out of that scene, exactly. Because, yeah. like, the lean up in the background is so original Halloween. I'm just like, oh, shit, he's behind you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. And it's just, it's perfect. And it's just right there. Yeah. Well, I'll give you another thing that also this movie has in its extremely um, long running time of 72 minutes. Um, <laughs> is the slow reveal. Now, I know I just like made fun of that, but this movie actually does have a very slow reveal in terms of how the monster is shown to everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you see Frankenstein and Fritz carry the corpse around and everything, but it's always in the shadows. And then the first time that you actually really see the full body, he's covered in a sheet, and the only thing that you could see is its hand, which is gigantic. Yeah. And yeah. scars. And, and scarred yeah. and just looks nasty. And, well, not too, too nasty. Like, not nasty by today's standards, nasty. but, but yeah. 1930s nasty. But then you also see the top of its head, and which just looks abnormal as all hell because it's yep. just so flat. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so you have this anticipation of, like, what's going on? Like, what's underneath this thing? And then the next thing that you find, the next thing that you think is you think you're going to see a full body thing. No. They actually wind up spending five minutes, like, kind of building up to seeing the creature in the prison cell before yeah. you enter into it. And, yeah, the movie's all the more better for it because you, you don't expect this going in. That You see very little of the Frankenstein's monster throughout the movie. They really, well, they like really the know when to. Whole... Then the act three, they, they really use them. But yeah, it's, yeah. The... but they know how to build it up, and it's it's back... why we're into horror to begin with, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. you, you like the pacing. Into... They nail the pacing. Yeah, yeah. you how back then, and you like I think it's just stopped in the mid '90s for whatever reason when we started. We earned things. Yeah, we yeah, earned, We earned the creature. Absolutely. We earned the action sequence when we had to wait through the story to get to it. It's not again. <laughs> we don't. Story. We don't really have to do that anymore. Like they won in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Which is just awful. Like that's why movie. That's why so many horror movies I think are forgotten literally right after you walk out of the theaters because yeah. yeah. they don't do any real heavy duty build up anymore. Right. Well, it's like uh, it's exactly like the episode last week with uh, Big Hero Six. So you have that problem of I don't care what happens to these characters. Yeah, you don't get that in Frankenstein. Yeah, like I, I like that really super iconic shots on most of the the cover arts that you see of the girl on the bed and you think that she's dead and like that's such a. It's like, oh shit! Like you didn't want her to die, and like, you don't really yeah. know her that well, but you know her as like Frankenstein's fiance, and like it's like, oh yeah, I like her. She seems nice. She seems like she's she's a, very well, well she's intentioned. Not a ditz. She's not yeah. a ditz in the picture, which is kind of what I liked about it. She's just stuff. trying to get her husband to stop being crazy. Yeah, get her husband to stop being. Crazy. And I love it that moment when uh, he's like, all right, I'll go talk to him, and then she comes out. She's like, no, I'm going with you, which is such like a proactive like yeah. female role, especially for the 30s, because it wasn't just like the man told her to stay, and she's like, <laughs> yes. She's like, no, no, I'm coming with you. Like, no, stay. No, I'm coming with you. And it's like, I like that they, like, they had these little moments that were very extremely she take progressive no as in the an 30s. That's yeah, damn that's sure. awesome. And I, I liked her character. So when you see her, I mean, I grant you told me in the, the De Niro version, she actually dies. Oh, it gets nastier than uh, that. Yeah, in the I won't If yeah. you don't know what happens to her, I, I think you just did. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you told me that she died. So that's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that much I understand. So, But in this one, I liked that she didn't, but I liked that they they made the audience think that she oh, did, yeah. especially because uh, this takes place after the the girl gets drowned, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's you've already seen this one little girl get drowned, and then this door opens, you see another character dead. As well, that, an audience, yeah. you're like, "Fuck, man, this thing is this is intense." I did kind of have a problem with that because 
we it's very very clear that he killed that little girl by accident yeah so then to go from that five minutes later mm-hmm. to be on a murdering spree or we think he's on a murdering spree was kind of a jump but <laughs> then to reveal that he's not dead does live at the end that he wasn't yeah. trying yeah, yeah, yeah. to kill her it made more sense i think he saw something pretty and went i want to touch that yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. his version no. of i want to touch that is not very sexy yes <laughs> it's basically lenny from of mice <laughs> <laughs> Um, he just wants to play with the rabbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, I think that's a good. Des- I actually think yeah, that's a very good description yeah. of it. Is that like Frankenstein? Like um, the monster in this is very much like Lenny from Of Mice and yeah. Men, where he just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Another interesting aspect of this picture is let's talk about Colin Clive as um, Doctor Frankenstein. Oh yeah, because yeah. yeah. what I like about his portrayal in this is the fact that what he's doing is mad and insane, but he's not necessarily portrayed as a mad scientist right. or a stereotypical mad scientist or what will eventually become the stereotypical mad scientist by yeah. the end of this. Cause halfway through the film, he's like, and you know, like most mad scientists are like, no, we have to let the creature halfway through the film. He's like, Oh shit, I made a mistake. Yeah, guys, it's my bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when we, first, when we really meet him and like when his fiance and mentor and, Brother, or was it cousin? I don't remember now. Come it's it's uh, it's it was his friend zone. Which another which is another thing that actually confused me because I always thought it was Victor Frankenstein, and then in the movie he's Henry. Like that threw me off. I believe in the but book though he's Victor. He is. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, what I was gonna say is like when we get to see him with them, and he's all like with my sane people over here and my craziness over here. I'm just looking at him, I'm like, you just really need to take a really long night's sleep to think about things. And then I don't think he'd be crazy at all anymore. Ma- like, he just wasn't sleeping. They That's mastered the feeling. The, like, the obsessive nature of delving into science without going just kooky. Like, yeah. without going, like, full wacko. He was just he really didn't obsessed. With, stop and think about like yeah. the implications of what he was doing. Sleep on it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why it was so interesting to have that the, his professor there trying to be the moral vo- voice for a while until he got a chance to mess with the monster himself. Yeah, that like once he finally got sat down to think, he was like, "I did this, but should I have done this?" Like there was a it's. It's hard. That's tough to do, and that actor really pulled it off. I'll tell you what. This movie was a, a great version of what uh, Ultron should have been, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, they actually in interviews they said, "Oh yeah, it's like Frankenstein's monster," and I'm like, "No, it's not like it's Frankenstein's like a monster. failed version of Frankenstein's monster <laughs> yeah. where the creator doesn't actually feel guilty, doesn't change his mind or anything, doesn't show any type. Uh, okay, and we doesn't show any type <laughs> of character development. Just getting into the should we should we not thing, just like in modern day. The feelings that this movie brings up is the feelings that I'm having right now with all of this. Can we transfer a head to a new body science that we were trying to do? Like, yeah. the, they want to yeah. do the first head transplant. And someone had told me that it actually happened and worked, but then I tried looking it up and I haven't found a single article saying that we actually did it. Hmm. But they're still trying to do it. Yeah, Walt Disney's Well, have you seen now. that uh, documentary, Ex Machina? <laughs> <laughs> but it, and I just. Every time I talk to people about it, I just sit and I think about it, and I get so uncomfortable. Absolutely. <laughs> um, where else should we move with this thing? Well, I mean, like, we already talked a little bit about Fritz and everything. Yeah. So you got the deformed um, a lab assistant, which, like, geez, you could spend an hour pretty much just naming yeah. like, what films took that from. Like, his character is in well, so hell, there's an entire things. animated movie called Igor. It's <laughs> yeah. all about, like... I just love the fact... Well, Igor is actually from, in case anybody's wondering, and it's actually spelled with a Y when it originally came out. Mm, um, okay. It's in one of the sequels. Um, and it's in Son of Frankenstein, which is the sequel ah. to Bride of Frankenstein. And Igor is actually played by Bella Lugosi in that picture. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. That's nuts. And yeah, and that's where that whole thing comes from. Because I believe Son of Frankenstein was like a huge hit when it came out. Like mm. it was, I think it was a bigger hit than Bride or Frankenstein huh. when it came out. 
And that was actually kind of the one where they really took off in terms of like the Universal monster horror movies. Even with though the that's se- one we don't remember. <laughs> with the sequels. Actually, all three of those are good movies. I mean, Bride of Frankenstein, I think, is the best one out of all of them because what we were just talking about before, that one actually has a lot more of the book in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because and- in the book, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are in that one book. Yeah. And also the other thing and stuff is that Bride of Frankenstein is insane. <laughs> Like, in terms of some of the special effects that they do mm, in that. Awesome. Like, especially when you look at it and you realize they did it in the 30s. Yeah. Yep. Your mouth is to the floor with some of the stuff that they do in that picture. I think without a doubt, if we had voted on which Frankenstein movie to talk about, that one probably would have won. Probably would have won, yeah. yeah. Well, they make a great double feature also. So, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. it's also only about 70 minutes long. So, awesome. yeah. And then after those two, watch uh, Kenneth Branagh's version. Uh. Yeah, or just uh, Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. There I was yeah. just about to say, <laughs> like, Abbott okay, and Costello. I really want to yeah. have a separate discussion about why people don't like that version. Abbott <laughs> Costello. I think it's just, I, I just don't think he struck the right balance of, um, with that film. It's like, also, I love the fact that John Cleese is in it and mm-hmm. plays the brain, the guy who becomes the brain. That's awesome. We'll talk about that later. You just need to watch it. Should we, uh, is it too soon for quotes? I don't think so. All right, everybody, at the count of three, tell us all your favorite quotes. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> well, I actually yeah. loved it. So I have a different one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got one too. Oh, so you have girl. <laughs> the more angry one. I actually do have one also, like, but you go first, actually. Uh, my favorite quote is when the little girl goes, I can make a boat. And, and then, then, she I'm, makes and a then I'm like, no, you make a shitty boat. <laughs> <laughs> she made a boat. She did a great impression of Titanic. It's the main <laughs> boat, right? Like, you can make a flower float, but when it comes to yourself, you're just like, not dead. Yep. <laughs> Again, she should not have been that close to water if she couldn't even oh, float. That kid was an annoying oh, jackass. <laughs> speaking, there's one thing that we didn't mention. The other thing that annoyed me in the movie was when the father comes to town with her dead body... Somehow they all know that the monster killed her. How the hell do you know the monster killed her? Oh, they didn't yet. What evidence didn't do you yet. have? He told her. But I wanted, we didn't actually talk about that shot, which was one of my favorite shots oh, in the that movie. That is a great shot. shot. Yeah. Him walking with her. That is and a great shot. Everybody, everybody following him in yeah. silence and everything. They don't do that enough in films no. nowadays. No, I that feel was like. awesome. That, and we didn't really talk about the, the mob either. And I just, I love a good, oh, good angry, angry mob. mob where... <laughs> That's the first angry mob yeah. ever. It's, it's, yeah. it's only where it's very like, okay, the dudes are the ones with torches and yeah. all the women, you stay inside. <laughs> yeah. You're not, Torch Club is for men only. Torch Club is for men only. <laughs> I just love how they're just kind of like, they organize that quickly. And everybody's yeah. like, oh, it's mob time. Dip your, it like, really dip the torches into so the it. It. It's a town that just loves their angry mobs. We're doing angry mob, angry mob! <laughs> Now, you know, see, a kid died. Who cares? Angry mob. <laughs> Thank God, too, that that kid died. Not enough can be said about how on point their mob skills are. Oh, yeah. Because they were they mobilized yeah. fast. That they got the dogs. The dogs were all riled up immediately. Like, no, no one today can organize that fast for anything. No yeah, outrage. No Even internet, internet outrage still takes at least 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Right. Now that I think about it, um, Age of Ultron did take another thing from this picture because when they have the angry mob and they're like, Frank is the, I would be the one guy to cry like, hey, wait a second. Didn't this asshole create this fucking thing? Let's <laughs> angry mob him first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, but man. he like grabbed a, a, a torch too and he's yeah. like, no, I'm one of you guys. Totally. Well, no, had- so it's basically like Iron Man and Angel Ultron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to kick out Black Widow, okay? She needs to go in the house and go look concerned. Yeah. You have a vagina. Get out of here. You go man hang out only. with Hawkeye's family. <laughs> and man, ouch, that throwing him against the uh, windmill. Yeah. Oh, oh even- God, he was totally fine. <laughs> 
would not be okay. His nope. spine would definitely be broken. I, I, I love this, another like, fake out death. For yeah. viewers, this is a description I can have. So at the end of this picture, Frankenstein is fighting the monster. Um, Obviously, the monster wins. So he takes up Frankenstein. <laughs> he throws him out. So in the one shot, you have Colin Clive like being tossed out a window where I'm pretty sure there is a mat. So then the next shot is a wide shot of this windmill which is on fire <laughs> and is still like, it has an angry mob around it who also has fire yeah. and this windmill is going around and you just see this body. He gets folded. Yeah. Fold. <laughs> and I think it's actually the back that folds. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. His back would have been broken. <laughs> and he gets up perfectly fine. And no, they had to carry him out. The angry like, mob's like, all right, guys, before we burn this down, we got to get him home. Yeah. He looks upset. <laughs> he looks a little put out. He's right, got a god jackass. <laughs> no, big tangent. Well, it was a good tangent. We, yeah. we had to hit some of those things. Absolutely. How do we talk about Frankenstein without talking about the angry mob? Right. I'm very upset yeah. cutting this later. Going, we didn't talk about the mob? I or just want to call them about Torch Club. Can we just call them Torch Club? Torch Club. Yeah, Torch Absolutely. Club. <laughs> Torch Club taken straight from this film. Well, actually, um, the other interesting thing is, is that the court, or I guess you could say the center of town that they're in in that is pretty much in every single one of the Universal Monster films, which is also hmm. why the angry mob looks so familiar, because literally the angry mob in every single one of their films, when it happens, they they group up. Oh, yeah, it that. really is Torch Club. That's it's, 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 it's called <laughs> the court. We're doing it again, guys! It's, it's referred what to are we going after as, this time? <laughs> it's referred to as the Court of Miracles, huh. um, usually because it, I think it was first featured in the silent film version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ah. I'm not too sure about that. Huh. But, like, yeah, if you look at, like, um, like any film that has an angry mob that's from Universal, they group up in that area. Probably like most that. films from Universal yeah. <laughs> have town squares. <laughs> Take place there. Is anyone else ready? I have one. Go for I it. I already did mine. Uh, so my favorite, uh, I forgot exactly who the, it was it uh, his fiance's dad or the uh, the original scientist that uh, Henry's talking to and he's, they're talking about it and uh, the guy goes, um, wake up and look facts in the face. Here we have a fiend whose brain and Henry cuts him off. The brain must be given time to develop. It's a perfectly good brain, doctor. You ought to know. It came from your own laboratory. It's like bragging to this guy that they broke in and stole a brain from his lab. And the guy's like, uh, actually, the brain that was stolen from my laboratory was that of a criminal. <laughs> and the good then, one uh, was there. Uh, Henry immediately dismisses it. He's like, well, um, after all, it's only a piece of dead tissue. <laughs> uh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go next with my line. Um, I'm going to read it as monotone as possible so I can properly ruin this line because I can't I already know enough. what you're going to awesome. do. Um, so mine, I think, is the line from Frankenstein. The line. It was even in our uh, <sighs> our last movie. If you listen, if you pay attention in Big Hero 6, the ant is watching this movie oh, and it's this awesome. one line that came in there. I forgot to mention it last week. But uh, it comes from Henry Frankenstein. He says, look, it's moving. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's moving. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's oh, yeah. alive. It's alive is the line from your Yes. Movie. And <laughs> I can't emulated. emulate it nearly as well as I already forgot the actor's name. Um Clive. Thank you. Yeah. Um nearly as well as he did it, but it is one of the most iconic lines in any horror film ever. Yeah. And it is so fucking great. Would you like to know something interesting about that line? Hmm. There was a um there was one last sentence that he said in it, and the censors forced them to cut it out. It was the one thing that they did not want in this. <laughs> really? And actually it goes back to what you were saying about playing God because he actually says now I am God. I thought he still no, said he that. Says, no, he says I know what it feels like I know what it feels like, like to be, like to be God. Yeah. Yeah. And in the original version they cut it out. <clears throat> ah. ah. Alright. So they cool. can kill a child but they can't yeah. say I'm God. Touch can't say that. <laughs> you have your child death 
or your god line. And he's like, oh, child deaths will get more viewers. Yeah. It's the <laughs> same sort of thing about how we're perfectly SEO. willing to see people get murdered and slashed and dismembered. But when they're having sex, you better censor it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, I'll go next. It's a, it's a long one, so I'll, I'll read it right now. Uh, Henry Frankenstein to his teacher, dangerous. Poor old Waldman. Have you never wanted to do anything that was dangerous? Where would where should we be if no one tried to find out what lies beyond? Have you never wanted to look beyond the clouds and the stars, or to know what causes the trees to bud and what changes the darkness into light? But if you talk like that, people call you crazy. Well, if I could just discover one of these things, what eternity is, for example, I wouldn't care if they did think I was crazy. And I was like, that was a cool line. I didn't remember it. Yeah. Just from the pieces and the, you, that aspect of it is something that again was surprising to me coming into it fresh. You know, only having the bits and pieces. Just the that dilemma that that thirst for yeah. the beyond it was a cool line except for all the things that he mentioned like science has found out since this yeah, yeah. book was written <laughs> <laughs> but there's like that idea behind that that you know you could even adapt that to something nowadays that we look forward to there was like the sense that he's not crazy yeah he just really like he wants to know what's beyond he wants to know what it all means he like, wants to know how magnets work yeah <laughs> and then magic magnets bitch <laughs> Um, I guess my favorite line is uh, one that's a throwaway, but I just love the way the guy um, delivers it, which is when Baron Frankenstein is just like, I don't, don't like, and I'm not going to say this probably. He's like, I don't understand why Henry doesn't come back over here. He has good food, a beautiful wife, <laughs> and a warm bed to come to. I just love this entire like, model. The essentials. He yeah. threw it out there. The movie could end now, guys. Frankenstein could just come home to his wife or his fiance and yeah. cut it short at 20 minutes. <laughs> I just, and I just love the fact that, um, like, this Baron, who's he feels like he's from a completely different picture. Oh, he's yeah. such a good character. He's the first <laughs> bubbling thing. Like, yeah. did we have bubbling characters? He's also that? a drunkenness because yeah. he's, yeah. like, he's trying to get the entire staff like yeah. this oh drunk before the we wedding. We didn't talk yeah. about the ending. The ending is so confusing. What do you mean? The ending of this movie. Everything's fine. Did we miss an Easter? That's hand? literally yeah. the ending of this picture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. No, yeah, that's it, that's the end. It's like. You all right? Age yeah. of Ultron. There you go. No, I'm sorry. The whole giggling little like maid, giggle, giggle, giggle. Oh, let's go get him. And I'm like, why are they giggling about? And then he's in there being sick. And then the Baron's like, uh, what do you guys want? And they're like, have some of the old great grandmother's oh, yeah. wine. They were like, shouldn't Oldest that stuff be ever. bad by now? <laughs> um, Not him. And then he's all like, oh, they don't need it. Oh, giggle, giggle, giggle. I'm like, what? What is good? This? Oh, it's the the maids are finally going to get to taste the good wine. They're excited about That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> well, Why he took it away from them earlier. They're they all going to be wasted so on them. That's a yeah. stupid way I don't know. to end this movie. Who, who's the monster? <laughs> the the monster himself or that society or the like, Baron? <laughs> yeah, like is is the Baron like the monster? I mean, that's. Well, I uh, took out. Right. Was Start the so podcast confused. over. Yeah. New conversation. I was so confused at the end of the movie. I just love the fact that like like the Baron's like, oh yes, Henry's still going to marry his wife. Henry's fine and everything's fine. And I'm like. You know, if I was the constable in that area, I'd be like, "Don't, no, not everything is not fine. Your <laughs> right. son is going to jail. You still, you still made a zombie. You made a fucking zombie yeah. that went on a rampage. Okay, <laughs> give it. The town is really happy with you because they were able to do Torch Club yeah. 1931. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna burn man. No, you're gonna get rid of Torch Club. The very first Burning Man. <laughs> Guys, send the constable away. We want to do Torch Club tonight. <laughs> Uh, there's something you better go check out out, out in oh, the country. Leave the torch There's I made a... so many torches. Someone <laughs> built a windmill. Yeah, torch club. Burn it down. The guy who runs the windmill goes, no, don't you get it? This is the grain for the entire village. Burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> 
That would have been a way better ending. Other than you find out the economy mates. of the you find out the economy of the village is destroyed because the windmill was destroyed. It was like the one thing. They built the torches. No. We would have had a you know a clean energy since the '30s if they didn't fucking burn down every windmill they had. Why'd you guys burn it down? Because Torch Club is important <laughs> tradition, asshole. <laughs> Suddenly we find out this is also where Wicker Man happens. <laughs> Why would that not surprise... Oh, God, that'd be a great parody movie where you find out there's a specific town that is just so into doing this that they invite, like, horror movie things to come over and happen to them because, they just, because yeah. they're just so into it and they just love it so much. Because they get to, at the end, take their tortures and go after people. Um, somebody call Chuck Palahniuk. I've got it. Yeah. All right, has, uh, has everybody gone? Favorite yes, quotes? Yeah. Yeah. Is everybody? Okay, mm-hmm. so review system uh, for this week is going to be movies that borrowed from the original Frankenstein. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That can include remakes mm-hmm. if you can tie it well enough. Um, but that might be a little tough to do in a way that doesn't sound like utter bullshit. But if you feel like doing it, that's up to you. Gotcha. This is going to be tough. <laughs> I'll go Isn't first. It? Go for it. Because uh, it, and I mentioned it to us before recording. Um, just it, it borrows the windmill scene and just the kind of the whole aspect of the windmill imagery. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. there you such go. a very it, it even it even pulls some of the design. Such a good from, movie. Oh, it's so great! I have the Blu-ray of it and watched it recently. I was like, okay, oh, it's yeah, so great. It's one I've been meaning to rewatch films. it, but I wanted oh. to wait till October. It's so good. And just that windmill scene, like they pull almost shot like everything from it, and yeah. it's so distinct and. In, well, it didn't explode in the uh, <laughs> well, right. in explosions. <laughs> when you have a headless torch club, got a little overzealous. <laughs> yeah, torch club, a torch club of one. Yeah, <laughs> he was a, like the last remnant. Yeah, he was as he was. My as, forefathers as of torch club. As he's being dragged by the character, but God, boy, I had a torch club here. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like how that called to it, and it did a very intelligent job of calling back to that movie yeah. stylistically and just from a set design perspective. Okay. Uh, mine's gonna be a little bit more on the nose, but I'm okay with it. I'm going with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, very on the nose with the I forget her name, but the uh, the female character Sally. Sally, yeah. thank you, Sally, which is basically just a Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just basically made from spare parts and part of a brain, um, and much like Frankenstein's monster, she really just wants to be loved. But luckily for her, she lives in Halloween Town, where people are willing to love her and not just go, "Oh, monster, kill it!" And she's a little smarter than to drown babies. Yeah, she's a little bit smarter than that. But she still does. Uh, she we still don't know does poison somebody at one point. She still has a little bit of a sure. edge to her. Um, but I just I like that, they, especially with fucking Nightmare Before Christmas. So granted, we have two Tim Burtons back to back, but. Uh, um, I fucking love that this movie. It it just did such a great job emulating the style. That was so well, so well made in the original Frankenstein. Like they did such a good job of trying to like make like the mad scientist lab, mm-hmm. and granted, make it a little bit more animated and cartoony and whatnot. But it still felt kind of how we mentioned earlier, where it was a lab that only he understood how to make, and everything in there had a purpose. It wasn't just there to be kind of cartoony and weird. Mm-hmm. So I love how much work went into making this very Frankenstein-like, and they even used it with the Sally character. I'll go next. Go ahead. Um, I'm not going to talk about Mary Shelley's Freaking Sunny again because. Cause thank you. Because I think that movie's wonderful. Um, Someone has to. But, <laughs> this is literally Kenneth Branagh. Off. <laughs> Don't ruin it for the people. But um, uh, what I will use as my review for this is Frankenstein in the TV show Once Upon a Time. Uh, oh my god, it is awesome. Brian hates Once Upon a Time, I and I keep sure trying to explain do. to him how it's a, a soap opera just with magic, and it's wonderful. 
Um, yeah, who, watches, who watches Once Upon a Time in our household, Ryan? Uh, not me. Is it just you? <laughs> Thank you. I'm addicted um, to that show. It is. It's a soap opera. and But then... Because I don't remember his name. I always remember him as Aaron from Heroes, I the believe, actor. I believe because he's on, on iZombie now. He's also um, on iZombie, yeah. He's, I believe his name is David Anders. He's such a great actor, and he's so underused in Once Upon a Time. And you get his character like in the first season where he's the town's doctor, and you never find out who he is. Like You're just like, what? who is this guy? Like He seems like he has an interesting backstory. I think it's the third season when you finally find out He's Victor Frankenstein. And it's such a, like, comes out of the left field because this is a Disney show. And then you suddenly have a universal character in it, and they can take it because it's in the realm of... Uh, public domain. Public domain. Mm-hmm. And then you find out the whole, like, his character in that show, the reason he makes the monster is because the monster is his brother. Like, he's trying to bring his brother back to life. And he, they bring a lot of new things into it, but they still harken back. Whenever they go to his world, it's in black and white which they don't do for any other storylines in the show. And they stick to the hokiness. They stick to it. But then they also give him more heart. And like I feel like that's one thing that we also get from the original movie, where there's a lot of heart in it. Mm-hmm. And you kind of feel for Victor Frankenstein, but then you'll feel for his monster more. And in Once Upon a Time, you really just feel for Frankenstein. Because yet, I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched the episode. Does he have to kill his brother again? He has to kill his brother. I love the fact that he's in that specifically because then I could say to the line of, because at some point um, Prince Charming goes up to him and punches Victor Frankenstein. So yeah. um, at the time I was with my par- uh, at my parents' house and my mom walked in and she goes, why do you do that? And I go, well, you see, Victor Frankenstein had an affair with Snow White and Prince Charming didn't know about it. And I was like, and in the back of my mind I'm going, I'm saying this sentence and I'm not joking about it. I'm yeah, actually being serious. Yeah, that's exactly serious. how I feel every time I try to explain to him what's going on in an episode I'm And every watching. time you do, I go, Because uh, <laughs> it's such a monster. It's such a But it's wonderful. Like, it's just wonderful. And, like, I really enjoyed the episodes where we actually got his character in that show and... The entire last season, they didn't use him once. I'm oh, like, I would maybe love it's it because, if he came back. Maybe it's because he's on iZombie now? I don't know. Probably. <sighs> All right, next. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the movie that uh, we, we mentioned earlier, Halloween. I think okay. uh, uh, Michael Myers, oh my God. Uh, Halloween is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Kind of between Wes Craven and this Halloween month, we don't get a chance to talk about it, so I'm going to yep. do it now. <laughs> just the uh, the whole ominous villain who for no reason whatsoever seems like he's moving really slow, but also seems like he's always right behind you. Uh, Moves just like Frankenstein. We talked about the classic sitting up with the sheet scene. I I love everything about it. The the slow reveal in the doorway. If you remember the first time we see Michael Myers is in the doorway, silhouetted. Do you have Halloween? We have to look for it. I was about to say, yeah. Because I've been wanting to watch that for a while. I still haven't seen the original Halloween. Oh, it's there's an, what? There's a uh, there's an episode very very early of our podcast. I think it's like in the 30s. Like, that was one of the first horror movies. We wow, you've covered. been doing this since the 30s. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> this first episode was alive. this is actually a retrospective on Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Our was very parents first ep- weren't even alive. Magic. <laughs> yeah, that was with uh, Nicholas. It's like Stallone in Once Upon was, a Time um, when everything's connected through time Nick. and space. <laughs> Who was uh, the guest in that one? Kevin Podgers was on that episode. Oh, yeah, Kevin Podgers. One goes back. Back in the old wow. days of Africa. That was on what, Halloween or John yeah. Carpenter? Uh, uh, the original Halloween, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Um, you guys are going to be a little surprised at this one, but I feel like without um, Frankenstein, this movie actually, the, the concept of this movie would have never been made, which Back is Jurassic Park. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Jura- yeah, Jurassic Park, like, I'm going to say is the film that, like, you know, you can hearken back to this movie just because it's all about science, like, man versus nature, like, what they should do and everything. I mean, John Hammond is a much more cuddly um, Dr. Frankenstein, I guess you could say. Well, he's, he just wants hugs. <laughs> yeah. He just wants his raptors. Well, wanted to make rides. He's almost more, um, who is it that, uh, the teacher that uh, d- <clears throat> refuses to destroy the, the Frankenstein yeah. out of greed? My my whole well, my whole thing with John Hammond was just like, look, I don't have a problem with you and, um, with you creating herbivores, but what possessed <laughs> you to decide? Hmm, you know what I need to create? The Giant dance. killing machines. <laughs> Here are the raptors. But they're so cute and cuddly. And, <laughs> like raptors just want to give you a hug with their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to train them, and then you can be the alpha. Yeah. Oh no, there's a new alpha. Oh, oh god! Don't get me started. Jurassic World, the plot holes that are <laughs> oh, in that it's film. So it's bad. It's a rough ride that one. Yeah, Could poke a bunch of high-heeled shoes to those potholes. <laughs> <laughs> but you're totally right. I mean, I, I was joking around. I said Back to the Future. We wouldn't have Doc Brown without Doc. Oh Frank. god, you're, no, you're right. Because I mean, like the opening. What's the opening shot in Back to the Future? It's a it's a panoramic view of his mad scientist yep, lab. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't have the final scene in Revenge of the Sith without Frankenstein. Right? So many oh, movies. Oh, God. I could Actually, do without you, that you, one. I was just about to say, you know what? Maybe Frankenstein shouldn't have existed. Yeah, there's some then places we wouldn't have where the final we shouldn't be referencing. In Revenge of the Sith. Hey, that was the best of those three. Agreed. Oh, no, Agreed. I totally. No, it, don't you dare say Phantom Menace again. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> but, um, like, <laughs> that was not the best of the three because there is no best of the three because they're but all even, terrible. Even, Either even way. if you ignore the, the, the we prequels. We just do a battle episode on those the very, three movies. The very we just did, Jedi. Which one is It's like the presidential election. Which you is still, the worst, the best worst one? Cool. You still get the whole Frankenstein aspect of Darth Vader Absolutely. even in Return of the Jedi. So if yeah. you ignore the prequels, yeah. you still got a machine man who's been built. Yeah. And there's still like, that echo wouldn't exist Without Frankenstein, and he has like a brain of someone who's kind of no longer existent. He's just more. Machine he's more machine than now than man, yeah. or he's yeah. more I mean, monster hell, than man. You can make the argument you wouldn't have Ex Machina without this. No, oh no, you yeah. would not have Ex yeah. Machina I mean, without there, this. There's so many movies we could have picked for this review system. That, yeah. like, it, it Mary is, Shelley really touched on just the core of humanity, going, "What should we and should we not do?" When yeah. she wrote this story. Well, totally let me relevant, ask you guys so. something. Um, I'd be curious to see if we could look this up right now. Is Frankenstein the first? actual science fiction novel ever written i don't know if i can um, look that up i don't, I don't think you could know. ever i don't know if you could ever I say that because science fiction is such a broad term you well know? let's let's talk about i mean like because because frankenstein was um written in the it's early 18 it's the first popular it's yeah it's frankenstein it is the first frankenstein yeah, if is you look f- up first science fiction novel it says the first defining work of horror slash science fiction is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, sure. Can I yeah. just say how wonderful I feel as a woman that we did it first? <laughs> yeah. And it was just a whim. Like, she wrote... That's well, not, one thing that's amazing about Frankenstein. She did it as a contest, right? Yeah, it was that's just awesome. a, we're bored, let's do something amusing. Uh, let's all just uh, do a contest of writing short stories. They do say that it is also highly credited to Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, what, but Edgar uh, Allan... what, science fiction or the... the... The Frankenstein. Genre. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah with that's horror. why I said it's but so broad. broad. It's, it's broad. When did, she I said the first full novel. I think she did it first. Like, but I think she did it first. Like, well, when was Edgar? When did Edgar Allan Poe like live? Because I thought he lived in the uh, late 1800s. Brian, is your my internet's not going. So I have it, but it's it's going to take a little too long to go through all this sort of but stuff. But I think as that interesting they, as it is, they might have been around the same time. But it's not like we had the internet where people could steal easily from each other. So yeah. I really feel like they just happened around the same time. But I would say live beyond. 
separate. I would say that I would say that Mary Shelley. Um, well, but love, if we keep going on this road, we're just basically adding things that I'm going to delete later. So we should probably just move into the voting system up, for yes. the next movie. All right. Um. So next week's episode will be on the Universal Monster <laughs> Dracula. Um, well done. Um. I nominate Sesame Street. <laughs> Um, so yeah, basically, we're going to do one, two, three one. bad ideas. Uh, <laughs> 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 we're going to do this in the same vein as our battle episodes, where we all get to name one, and no one gets to vote on the same thing that they named, unless, of course, somebody else names your movie, which is a possibility here. Yeah, how do we deal with that? We so, will deal with it when it happens. So let's. Let, let, oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to get this out of the way. We're not constraining ourselves to just Universal version of Dracula. It's correct. Okay, I'm going to go first. And I'm voting the 1990s blank film by Francis Ford Coppola, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Frank Coppola's Bram Stoker. Frank Coppola. Imagine they actually had that. Oh, Frank, 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 Frank Dracula. Just Dra- Dra- Frank Dracula. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Frank Cops, all right. Yep. Frank Dracula. Who else? I have a couple that I would uh, pick between. So. You, can, pick you can name the same film. It just counts as a vote. Oh, cool. Can then I go? Yeah. I, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. Love it. Same one? Yep. With Vote a little for that one. mark after it. Chris, what do you think? Well, I have Bram Stoker's Dracula. So. <laughs> but um, I was actually going to say Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yep. Okay. Because that has Dracula in it. Yep. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And yeah. it has Bela Lugosi, Bela Lugosi as Dracula. Yeah. 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 That's a funny movie. Okay, I'm gonna actually nominate. I really want to do Dracula Den loving it because I I love uh, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen so much. One. But I'm gonna nominate the one uh, starring Grand Moff Tarkin, the 1958 Dracula. Oh, okay. the Hammer horror films. Yeah. Which one? Tomb of Dracula, Curse of Dracula, Night of the Living Dracula. These are all titles. I'm not making these <laughs> up. <by the> way. <laughs> 1958 Dracula, straight up. Fine, I'll do what I wanted to do before that. I don't know. Ben Helsing, there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. All right, all right. Oh uh, uh, well, we're just we're we're just gonna see the overacting now, of the overacting. I, I just want to throw this out there, Chewie. I th- I think if you nominate Van Helsing for Dracula, you can't use it again for Wolfman. Or I'm just gonna use it for everything. What are the other ones? <laughs> the Mummy. Every or one of them. Van from Helsing. The Black the next one. <laughs> doesn't have. Mummy is not in uh, Van Helsing. Is uh, yes, Franken- he is. Frankenstein. The mummy? There's mummies in Van Helsing. There are, There's yeah. mummies, but he's not Imhotep. I don't know. Like. <laughs> I had to rewatch it then. Listen, Encino Man saved us from the mummy the last time. Has <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, everyone thrown in one? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, cool. So, um, so I'm gonna vote for Abbott Costello. I'm actually voting Abbott Costello too. Uh, John voted for uh, Coppola's. Yep. yep. Chris, what do you think? I gotta go with that. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm like, <laughs> actually voting, like I was, I would say Coppola's definitely. Ooh, it got close. We had uh, ended with two votes for Francis Ford Coppola's and three for Abbott and Costello. <laughs> That's gonna be the weirdest thing to watch. <laughs> That'll be the weirdest. It's gonna be such a shift. It's, it's not even so just fun. about Dracula. It's about all of them. Well, so it's it was like, Van Helsing. If you're gonna yeah. argue, <laughs> it's the first Van Helsing. Yeah, absolutely. So we will put online on our Facebook and our Twitter that what one in the episode is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> so if you don't want to hear an episode on Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, you can still Get vote. Get the fuck out. <laughs> You can still no vote for a different smart. Dracula film, and as of right now, yeah. the current runner-up is Bram Stoker's Dracula with two votes. Yep. So really, one listener 
can vote for Bram Stoker's Dracula, and that's what we will be reviewing next. Unless a second listener Unless votes second as well. Listener. <laughs> yeah. Then it gets exciting. Look, I'm yeah. not going to lie to the listeners. I'm going to be watching both of them. because yeah, they're We're, we're going to have a marathon. Because this is because, yeah, I like I love Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's a great also. movie. I mean, it's, I mean, Gary Oldman chews the ever-fucking shit out of this movie. Oh, yeah. And, and as a side note, uh, Coppola directed that one, but then he also produced Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That's not a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't Whatever. want you to talk about that. Yeah. The Torch Club is called, and they said, burn. They're both <laughs> visually compelling stories, and yes, hey, go there see is, them both. There is a Torch Club in Bram Stoker. There's actually a literal Torch Club in Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> yes, there is. Yep, probably in all of these movie. films. Um, is there one in Abbott Costello? I'm um, sure. I, honestly, I, I mean, there is one in Van Helsing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there are several in Van Helsing. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they are the torch clubs of the torch clubs in Van Helsing. The Mummy is the I only really one where the torch club actually works for the monster. Short, short movie about torch club now. We, we should. All right. What if torch club meets Torchwood? Writing club. We got an idea. Maybe it has. Yeah. Maybe that's where it got. They're all going to talk about how disappointing Miracle Day was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with that, I will say thank you to Chewie and Ryan for being on almost always people. Almost always. And thank you to Chris for coming on for the first time. Hopefully, I can return to talk about these horror films. Oh yeah. And bye. 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 Also, oh, you should bye, all John. watch Buffy's Read a book. Vampire. <laughs> <laughs>